0: Welcome to the Milestone Church Podcast. We're excited for you to join us for our series, Faith Sees, as we look at what the Bible has to say about your future from God's perspective. Enjoy this week's message. I wanna welcome you to week three of our series entitled Faith Sees. We're learning in this series how to see our future, how to see our current reality, And we're learning lessons that can carry on with us in whatever God has for us in how we look at life through God's perspective. I want to welcome those that are at our campuses that are in McKinney or Hazlitt. I want to welcome all of you that are joining us online. Maybe in the last few weeks you've started joining us there online and we love hearing the stories about people from multiple different places. Sometimes it surprises us where some of you are tuning in from. And we want you to know we want to connect with you. We have pastors there and people there ready to chat with you. And so if you have a need, we'd love the opportunity to serve you. And maybe some of you are watching this message later. I I do want to draw your attention to the fact that I'm doing a daily devo, a devotional, You can get your day started with the Word of God. You can get your day started with God's perspective. And this week, I'll be continuing from the book of Philippians, which is a book of the Bible that encourages us. And so you can join me at my social channels or Milestone social channels. And I wanna say to all the Milestone family how much I miss being with you. I look forward to the day we can gather again together, but I'm so proud of you for your generosity. I'm so proud of you by the way you love others. And in in this difficult circumstance, you still are showing up as the authentic loving people that you are. And I'm so honored to be your pastor. Well, we're gonna go this week back to our anchor verse that really helps us set the stage for the fact that faith sees from God's perspective in 2 Corinthians 5, 7. And then we're gonna go to an amazing story in the Old Testament that you may be surprised very directly connects to the New Testament because the whole Bible is connected together with one major theme and it all centers around Jesus. And we're going to look at this story that speaks to us about an important area of our life that we need to see from God's perspective. So if you have your Bibles... I'm going to ask you, if you have a mobile device, I'm going to put the scriptures there on the screen for you. First Kings chapter 17, we're going to look at the first nine verses. Last week, I gave you this picture. We had the tennis shoe, and I loved seeing all of your responses as people were arguing, and I think we may have to have some marriage counseling because people were arguing back and forth. It's green, it's pink, it's, it's whatever. And so it, it, we learned that based on the light, Based on how much light could affect your perspective of the color, well, I thought this week, just for fun, I might give you another picture, and it's not a new improved version. It's from 1892 in Germany, and it's this picture right here. Look at it. Now, now, now what do you see? Well, what did you see first? Did, did some of you just immediately, do you see a rabbit? Others of you are like, rabbit, I I didn't see the rabbit. I saw a duck. I know the first time I saw it, I saw the duck because I like to hunt ducks, you know, and I'd never want to hurt a rabbit, and rabbits bring us all the Cadbury eggs on Easter. And so some of you are like, wait a minute, wait a minute, there's a duck? Okay, rabbit, duck, what is it? And, 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 And it's just another little fun way to illustrate how you're looking at something the perspective you have of something, it can influence what you see. 2 Corinthians 5, 7 talks to us about the importance of faith. And it says this, for we live by faith, not by sight. Now, some of you may take that to mean, does that mean to follow God and to see from his perspective, then we have to abandon Reality Does that mean we can't see what is actually there in its authentic version that we see? No, that's not what the verse is saying. What the verse is saying is that many times your natural perspective is not God's perspective. Your, your, your more normal way of seeing it through the filters of all of what you are could influence you in the wrong direction. And what we're learning in this series is how we see it impacts how we live and how we live determines our future. And we wanna get involved with the God who sees from his vantage point and from his perspective because he's the one that wants to ordain our steps to move us toward his plan for our future. So this verse has been our anchor verse. We live by faith and not by sight. And this week, we're gonna tackle something that all of you are concerned about. In fact, I would say, as I told you last week, that we've had five times the number of prayer requests that we would typically have in one month. This last month, we've had five times as many And I'm so thankful to all the small group leaders and all of those, these are some, these are just the ones we have recorded. But just even from our team who sent out text messages and just trying to serve people and be connected and help one another, these are just the ones we have recorded. And in those prayer requests, the biggest one is the need for provision, resources. Now I'm not minimizing the health concerns, I'm not minimizing the people who are fighting the health pandemic as I've prayed for medical professionals and done Zoom calls and we've, we've, we've tried to resource and help in any way we can. And if you've been touched by that, I'm not minimizing it at any level. But what I will say is, at least in the context in which I pastor in the Dallas-Fort Worth area and in the area of Texas, I would say the majority of people even based on statistics are more concerned about the price of oil. They're more concerned about the economy right now. It's the most pressing need. And even if they're not impacted economically, they're concerned economically. Now, when I use the word provision and resources, I'm, I'm not minimizing that to, to only money. It includes money and resources, but God's provision for us is much greater because did you know you can have lots of money and still be in poverty? Because you can be in poverty of soul and in poverty of healthy relationships and the things that God says are important to him. But I just wanna talk in general about how God provides for his children and how we can see him as our source of provision. We gotta ask the question, we gotta break this down. We can't simplify this because it's such a big need and a big concern. Where does provision come from? And are we willing to follow how God says that it works? Are we willing to find out what he has to say about it? Some of you have tried that and you've had some roadblocks. Others of you, you may not even know that God has a lot to say about provision. So we need to know how it works. And I'm gonna get very practical in this message to try to help you from the Bible understand why we can take so much comfort in a God who one of the names that describes him is that he is Jehovah Jireh, the God who provides. Now, when it comes to certain things, I have to tell you, I don't have a lot of knowledge on how it works. I'll give you an example. The other day I plugged something in and when I plugged it in, the now safety feature that you have on your electrical outlets caused the GFI thing to pop out which then set off a whole domino effect of problems at my house and one of which was that it messed up the Wi-Fi. Now, we always in the last several years have thought technology is important, but let me just tell you, during quarantine, it's an essential. In fact, my kids, when everybody's talking about not having toilet paper, They would rather not have toilet paper than not have Wi-Fi. (laughs) And I'm going to tell you, this was a a major problem at my house trying to fix it. So I had to have one of my friends over and I I said, man, you got to come help me. And he knows how this stuff works. In fact, I was a little embarrassed when he went out and just went and pushed a little button and that was it. I kind of felt like an idiot. Okay. Now, now, I'm going to tell you, admittedly, I'm not real good with electricity, Wi-Fi, or any of those kind of things, but I can tell you, and I don't say this arrogantly, I say it because I'm passionate about you getting what I believe is true from the Bible, and something that over many years, I believe it's more than information, it's an impartation. I, 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 I understand how provision works. I understand some things about it. I'm still growing in it just like you. And and one of my most, I believe one of the most fascinating passages, there's so many places we could go where we could learn about this God who resources us and provides for us and is so generous to us and so good to us. But when you talk about seeing it and you talk about a a change in perspective, I, I just was immediately drawn to this passage and I've been... Just, if you will, just praying over it and soaking in it all week. And so I just wanna, I wanna give it to you, First Kings chapter 17. Now, one of the most important parts of this passage, you may have heard the story, some of you may have never heard the story. Its key figure is Elijah, the prophet. Last week, we talked about Elisha that was his, his mentee, his protege who had the double anointing of what, handed, what he handed off to him, Elisha. This is Elijah, the predecessor. And what's most important here when we start describing Elijah is what is said here in the very first part. Now, Elijah the Tishbite from Tishbe in Gilead said to Ahab, Ahab is the king at this time, his wife Jezebel, one of the most evil kings that is all throughout the Bible in terms of anti-God and destructiveness. And you say, well, what, what was the, the precursor to that? What, what, what presupposition led to that behavior? Because beliefs always lead to behavior. And something you may not know about the story is that Ahab and Jezebel left Yahweh God, the true and living God, the God that is God, and they began to worship Baal. They began to ascribe their authority, if you will, to this God, Baal. And what's interesting about this God, Baal, is he was described as a God who rode on the clouds and was in charge of the rain and the dew. With that thought of who they decided their source is, listen to this verse. As the Lord says, the God of Israel, the true God, he says this to Ahab, who changed his source. Lives whom I serve, there will neither be dew nor rain in the next few years at my word. He addressed the very God that they worshiped and the very source that, they provide, that God provided. He said, then the word of the Lord came to Elijah. So there's a macro truth here of God's ability to provide and resource and be in charge of all sources of what comes to the earth. But there's also the personal revelation that comes to Elijah. Let's look at it. Then the word of the Lord came to Elijah, leave here, turn eastward, and hide in the Careth ravine east of the Jordan. You will drink from the brook. And I don't know, this, the Bible's living and active. This just hit me this week even stronger. And I have directed the ravens. He, he told, I don't even know how that worked. Yeah, hey, ravens, come here, God. You know, I don't want to tell you. Anyway, he directed the ravens to supply you with food there. So he did what the Lord had told him because he's trusting him as his source. He went to the Kareth Ravine east of the Jordan and he stayed there. The ravens brought him bread and meat in the morning and bread and meat in the evening and we'll talk about that in a minute because that doesn't even really make sense because ravens are scavengers but because God's even in charge of the ravens, he can change the scavenger to a deliverer that can deliver in supply, because he's the source. He says this, and so they delivered him food, and he said, and he drank from the brook. Then it says here, this is where it gets challenging. Sometime later, the brook dried up. So did God stop being the source when the brook dried up? He said, because there had been no rain in the land. Then the word of the Lord came to him, go at once to Zarephath in the region of Sidon and stay there. And I've directed a widow there to supply you with food. And due to time, I'm not going to go into the rest of the story. It's really quite fascinating that he goes to this widow and the widow's actually preparing for her last meal. And she's going to build a fire and her and her son, she tells him, says, look, we're just going to kind of have this last meal and die. And he says to her, if you'll make a meal for me, then there'll be enough flour and oil and it will never run dry. And that's exactly what happened. And I do want to say here that I think this passage has been somewhat wrongly interpreted and maybe a little bit out of context that You know, we should universally say that, you know, all that we should just go and widows should give to the man of God because she ultimately does recognize that he's speaking on God's behalf because there's a miracle with her son. I I think the greater truth here is let's go back to the source reality, okay? And there's a lot of truth there, whether it's a widow or anyone, that many times the miracle that God wants to perform is not something on the outside of your house but it's your perspective of what's on the inside of your house. The stewardship and the willingness of it to surrender it to God, but I don't believe that's even the main concept here because if you understand widows, widows were seen as those who were in the greatest level of need, yet God can use ravens who are scavengers and he can resource through widows who should be described as those who shouldn't have any resource to be resourceful for God. And he's using this out of the box illustration to continue to describe. Let's go back to the entire context of the story. Ahab and Jezebel, they switched their source. And the same thing happens in our lives. If in your life, your job is your source, you will over magnify that. Look, we should be great employees. We should be great stewards of that. We should work as unto the Lord. We're not saying what the, we're not again taking away from what the Bible says about that, but we're talking about the macro picture and perspective. My job's not my source, God is my source. Did you know, even in recent studies in American culture, it, it's like work even, and I believe work is, is, is spiritual, but, but, but work is not in and of itself holistic in its ability to glorify God. That what used to be worship of God and relationship with others and spending time in the word of God and worshiping even in the practical sense, it's as if work has taken the place even of that in our culture today. And the highest goal and the highest achievement is to feel safe and secure around just a job. Or if the government is our source, we'll over-magnify. Did you know God works through government and we should all be active, but you know what? It's not our source. It's not our source. It doesn't matter what it is that you're looking to, your abilities or, or whatever it may be, whatever you make your source, you will worship. Whatever you decide is your source, You will magnify, you will glorify, and this is why this passage is in the Bible that reminds us to continue to keep the perspective that God is not limited in his ability to provide for his children in any way, shape, or form. And so we keep that perspective because why is understanding God's ability to resource us so important? Because in this one area of our life, there is such a potential to lose sight of that because you get fear, you get ego, you get performance, you get the need for safety, you get the need for security. That recipe has all the toxic ingredients to change your perspective. You say, what does that have to do even with the entire landscape of the Bible? Did you know Elijah goes all the way through? Elijah was at the transfiguration. You say, what is that? That's a moment where Jesus took some of his disciples and there was this manifestation of God. Elijah was a key figure. Even in when Jesus hits the scene, then John the Baptist is kind of referred to as an Elijah, as a forerunner. Uh, Elijah was seen by, when when Jesus came into the scene, Elijah was, was seen as a key prophetic voice bringing out the purposes of God. And so there's a connection there. But did you know, ultimately, ultimately, where do we go? We have to believe and understand that the ultimate provision and resource comes through the person of Jesus Christ in our lives. Why do I worship God as my source? Because he provided for me the greatest need that I ever had. The greatest need that I have is that I could not earn the approval of God. I could not give enough of my own sacrifices to make myself acceptable to God. And Jesus is the ultimate picture of God's provision, supernatural provision for people who do not deserve it. Jesus was poured out for all of us. And you know, at a young age, I gave my life to Jesus and I gotta tell you this. I know, you know, you hear people that are a little later in life say, oh, you know, this is the most important thing and you're kind of like, oh, okay, yeah, yeah, it's fine. But I will tell you this. There's no tangible resource that could ever take the place of it being well with my soul because of what Jesus is to me. Because you know, Jesus is gonna go through the ups and downs of life He's there when we're up and to the right. He's there when it dips. He's there when it's all said and done and all of the things we're real worried about are not that important. Jesus is the ultimate picture of God's provision in our lives. You say, okay, that's all great. That's spiritual. Let's talk real practically in our last few moments. How do you trust God as your source? How do you really do that? Because you may hear a Christian say, you know, God is our source. God's my source, you know? And and, and it sounds Christianese. Well, the first thing you have to know is this. You gotta know God's perspective on resources. You gotta know God's perspective on how he sees that. What does that mean, God is our source? Well, let me just give you a few thoughts from the Bible. First of all, Psalm 24 says, Everything in the earth and above the earth, the earth is the Lord's, it's all his anyway. It all is his. Every good gift comes from him. So every good thing that comes into our life ultimately comes from him. And so passage after passage, scripture after scripture tells us the very breath we breathe comes from the God who generously gives it to us. You know, that seems so basic. It seems so simple. It's kind of like this. It's like, I spend time you know, talking over the years with people who don't believe in God, and I think, if you ever see a beautiful sunset, do you know the Bible says that the heavens and the earth actually declare the awesomeness of God. If you see a beautiful mountain range or a baby being born or the human eye, it's like, wow, there has to be a God. But did you know, as basic and as straightforward as that is, not every person recognizes God in it. And did you know, there are Christian people who love God but yet have trouble seeing that he is our source. Did you know sometimes the hose will get clamped a little bit and we get reminded. We get reminded that, wait a minute, There are things outside of my control that the source has to flow it to me. Sometimes the brook dries up. You know what happens when the brook dries up? Then you have to figure out how to understand that and where do I find my source? It's like when I was younger, my mom would ask me to go out and water her flowers and I'd go around back and you get the water hose and you take it all the way around there and there you are watering the the flowers and then I would just see no water coming out of the hose and you go back around and there's one of my sisters who had kinked the hose and they're laughing. You know, sometimes when the hose gets kinked, it reminds you, you're not the source. Number two, you realize this when you really study scripture. Oftentimes, any perspective that is a kingdom perspective and a biblical perspective, it's counterintuitive. Our natural inclination is natural sight. Did you know that's why Elijah was direct, God directed ravens. Why did a widow, why were they used by, why? Because God's saying, look, how you see it and how you think about it may not be the right way. May not be the right way. Did you know tithing is counterintuitive? Giving is counterintuitive. And there's a whole lot of stuff in the kingdom of God that in the natural sense, it's counterintuitive. What does that mean? It doesn't make sense in the natural and that's why we walk by faith and not by sight. I mean, I hear all everybody, we're in this together. you know." Again, I, I appreciate people coming on television and we're supposed to feel better because they say we're all in this together. And I guess at some level in terms of humanity, we're in it together. But I have to say, I, I, I don't feel a lot of comfort hearing from people on the television that are famous telling me we're in it together. That makes me feel more safe about my reality. I'll tell you who I'm glad to hear that I'm in it with. God. God. I'm in this with God. Now we're in it together, but you know what? Together, we can't be the source. We're in it with God. It's kind of like an airline saying, we're in this together. Last time my suitcase weighed 52 pounds, we weren't in it together. You had to charge me more. So what am I saying? Go back to Jesus. If you wanna be great, you have to serve. If you wanna live, then you have to die to yourself. The first will be last and the last will be first. God, Jesus says this, hides revelation from the proud and will reveal it to children. It's counterintuitive. Here's number three. You're not afraid of God-ordained transitions. When you know God's your source, when the brook dries up, you know that the brook's, not your source. God is my source, so he can supply it however he wants to supply it. Now, when you say that, you're like, well, pastor, that sounds very preacherly. You know, I'm not afraid when God you know, dries up the brook. We could name this whole message. What do you do when the brook dries up? Well, we're not robots. I serve God, I am not afraid. We get afraid. Yeah, we do. We have fear. And in our natural self, when we see it by sight, it's normal. I've been afraid, you've been afraid, we all get afraid. But here's the truth, bigger than our feelings and our fear. If God is our source, we're not concerned with the delivery mechanism. We can let God pivot us and change us. In my life, and I want to tell you this, in my life, some of the best things in my life I never would have chose that transition. I never would have chosen it. Some of the worst things that ever happened in my life were things I tried to make the brook. It dried up. Give more, brook, give more. Come out, come out. No, that's really when I tried to force it out of my fear and self-resourcing is some of the worst things that's ever happened. But some of the best things are when I'm like, Lord, okay, I'm going to let you cause me to pivot. I'm going to let you lead. And you know what? If you drive the brook, then I know there's some other way you're ready to resource. And if we stay in that posture and don't let fear dominate us and we remind ourselves, wait a minute, I'm not worshiping the brook. I'm worshiping the God who supplies the water to the brook. Here's number four. You understand the whole purpose of provision. This is powerful. Several, several years ago, I learned this. The word provision, the word pro means for, so when you think about it, provision is for the vision. I hear people all the time say, Pastor, I'm so excited about what God's doing with your vision for Milestone Church. No, 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 no. It's not my vision. It's, It's God's vision that I get to steward and as long as I keep it in that posture, He provides for his vision. He doesn't provide for my vision. Where you really get in resource problems is when you're asking God to provide for your vision. But let me tell you what God's real good at. He's real good at providing for his vision, for what he's ordained. And so what God appoints, what God calls, what God declares, he always resources. You know why Elijah was continually resourced by God. And, and let's, let's, let's go there now. This is out of the box. Arid climate, fed by ravens. I don't know that there was a whole lot of brooks flowing all over the place. Elijah though, God kept resourcing him because he was instrumental in God's plan. But did you know there was, there was a conditional response? He kept hearing what God said and obeying that. And you say, well, that's Elijah. Didn't you say he's like some super prophet in the Bible? Like, like pastor, that's great. Like he, he like some super person. Did you know the book of James actually, God knew we would say that. And the book of James says, Elijah was a human just like us. And he prayed that it would not rain. And that's where we get the whole concept of that the prayers of the righteous, not based on our righteousness, based on our willingness to surrender to the righteousness of Jesus, they, they, they make a lot, they avail much, if you will. Those prayers are effective. They're effective. So my thought for you is this. If you really have on your heart God's agenda in the earth? Can I make you a promise? Is there always gonna be everything? No, we have ups, downs, different things happen. The brook dries up, things change. But if you'll consistently pray a prayer to say, God, I wanna be your hands, I wanna be your feet, I wanna be a vessel from which you can use me, then did you know what? God provides and resources his agenda in the earth. He always does. I wanna close with this. because I wanna pray for you and I hope you get this. God is our source is not just a Christianese phrase. It's a biblical reality. As a young kid, I learned about resources at some level. My dad handled resources really well and I learned at a young age about God owns it all. Everything comes from God. I mean, I, I learned that early. I learned about tithing, I learned about giving. I, I learned about a whole, all, all of these things in the Bible. I learned about stewardship. I learned those things pretty young, wasn't fully developed in all of it, grew as I moved along. Look, we never, we never were in process, okay? But I'm just telling you, the revelation side of it, I, I never doubted as a young kid this is how God sees it. Now you can choose, Jeff, to do it this way, but make sure you understand that you're walking by your own sight. This is how God sees it. So I, I learned that at a young age. And by the way, I think that's 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 something that I consider the grace of God in my life because, and you need to have that for your own children. Because the younger you learn it, the more potential you have to grow in it. The resourcing of God. Again, I want to tell you, I don't know much about Wi-Fi. I don't know much about GFI. There's a lot I don't know. But along the way, God took that little small seed foundation and just began to grow and help me understand that along the way. And I could give you multiple examples from my early days of marriage with my wife, who I'll be married to this year for 25 years, to growing and now teaching and training my own children in this but I think about it in terms of just practically speaking. Some may say, Jeff, I bet you really had to know about God resourcing when Milestone Church was planted. Some of you may not know this, but we moved here with the suitcase and 32 people. And, and, and you, may, you, you may not know that, but man, I'm going to tell you, we, we were starting off and we're just believing God to provide. And you say, I bet that was the toughest time. Well, the reality is there's been multiple times where the brook dried up and God had to command some ravens along the way. But the most difficult time, probably one of the most difficult times was during the 08, 09 recession when we at that time had bought our first building. We had bought our first building and I I wanna tell you, there was pressure there, pressure at a new level, a new level of responsibility. God saying, I wanna move you from here to there. And and some of you are like, well, I'll never feel that because I'm not a pastor of a church. No, no, Remove the pastor part. Put it in your home. Put it in your business right now. Put it in your job situation. Put it in whatever you feel God's called you to do. If you are gonna move with where God's called you to move and go where God's called you to go, you're a human just like Elijah. You'll have to learn what Elijah learned. And I'll never forget that pressure. And I went and met with a mentor, he was a strong personality. In fact, most people didn't want to meet with him, but I kind of like people who tell me like it is. You know what I'm saying? I got plenty of people that have the same problems I have. And I have plenty of people who can tell me pleasantries, but I always like to get around somebody and go, man, I want to know the truth because I can't really settle for anything less right now. And I'll never forget. I remember where I was sitting. I remember the restaurant I was sitting in. And I remember what he said to me. He said, Jeff, why are you so afraid? I said, because I am afraid. He said, but why are you? I said, because I am. Because I don't know what's going to happen. We bought this building and it's a recession. I'm afraid. He said, well, do you know God is your source? Yeah, but I'm afraid. (laughs) Well, well, don't you handle your money according to God's pattern? I said, yeah, I have since I was a kid. I tithe and try to be obedient to God. He goes, he said, well, if you didn't do that, you should be afraid. Because if you're not honoring God with it, you probably should be scared. But you're you're honoring God and you have God's perspective. And Jeff, are you... Are you, are you trying to move forward because you believe that God has an agenda for your area? Didn't you tell me that you wanna see lost people say, like, are you trying to partner with God or is this really about you? I said, well, I, th- I really think I'm trying to, to just you know see the kingdom of God advance. He said, why are you so afraid? I said, well, well, well I'm kind of less now. So he was speaking the truth of God's perspective to me. And he took me to Jeremiah 17 and I can't tell you that I ever read the verse. Did you know during this crisis, I've read Jeremiah 17 to no less than a few hundred people. Do you know what it says? It says that even in a season of drought, those who are connected to the right source will not cease to yield fruit. Why is that verse revelation to me? Because sometimes when the brook dries up, the Bible comes alive. You say, Jeff, is this just preach? No, 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 I'm, I'm trying to impart to you something that I'm still living with you. But when you build a history with God, where you know there's no other way you would be resourced unless God caused and directed the ravens, then you have a testimony that let me just tell you, God's not on trial. He is our source and he is a generous God who wants to impart to his children, everything they need for life and godliness. He shall supply all of our needs according to his riches and glory, but we also have a part to play in it. We have to participate in the process and that process starts with seeing it from his perspective because you know what? The truth is fear doesn't motivate long-term, but love does. When you see the love that has been extended to you through the person of Jesus Christ and the way God's loved you, then you know what you wanna do? You wanna love Him. You wanna trust Him. The same way with your children, you don't want them to lack for anything they need to be who they're called to be. You love them that way, and that's the same way our Father loves us. But you know what? With your children, if you're a healthy parent, you wanna see a correct response from them too. I wanna pray for you right now, and I believe there's some of you here When you hear me say, Jesus, outside of your religious activity or your church activity or even trying to be a good person, Jesus is the provision for our souls. Some of you just need to say, yes, Jesus, I want you to come into my life. I receive you today as my Lord and Savior. I believe you died for me, rose from the dead. If you prayed that prayer, then I want you to text that number that you see there. We wanna serve you. We wanna help you learn how to walk that out. But second of all, Lord, I pray right now for the person out there. Maybe there are people right now, they don't have the biblical revelation of you being their source. And I pray that my words would go from just words to an impartation that this would be their moment like the moment I had where the Bible is no longer just words on a page, but it becomes revelation to them. They see you as their source, which then causes them to trust you as the generous source that you are. And Lord, I pray right now for every person under the sound of my voice that there may be real issues. The brook may have dried up. There may have been any, all kinds of things happening. And Lord, we believe this that you love us, that as we seek to understand your perspective, follow you out of an obedient heart, Lord, we know that you will direct ravens to bring what we need to be who you've called us to be. Doesn't always happen like we think. Doesn't always mean we get everything we're necessarily saying, but Lord, we thank you today that you are so, so faithful. We love you today, Lord, in Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening to this week's message. If there's anything we can do for you or help you in your walk with Jesus, please don't hesitate to reach out by texting us at 817-406-7470. Our team would love to pray with you and help in any way that we can. If you found this podcast helpful, leave a review on the podcast app or your favorite podcast platform. We hope you have a great week.